It's not only students with exceptional needs that need choice. It's not only students who are, you know, from the lowest income kind of tier that need choice. Parents with kids need choice. everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis with the Tennessee Conservative News, and joining us today is Shaka Mitchell. He is the director for the American Federation of Children, where he leads AFC's campaign to increase educational choice across the state, most recently as a uh, rocket ship education's regional director for the state of Tennessee. He was responsible for the planning, growth, and success of Rocket Ship's network of high quality elementary charter schools in Nashville and Memphis. God knows they need it. Rocket Ship now currently serves roughly 1,200 students across Nashville. Shaka began his career in education as the Associate Director of Policy and Planning at the D.C.-based Center for Education Reform. He then led outreach efforts at the Institute for Justice, a constitutional law firm based in Arlington, Virginia. Prior to joining Rocket Ship, Shaka was the Director of External Affairs for LEAD Public Schools, a network of public charter schools founded in Nashville, Tennessee. Shaka, welcome to the program, buddy. We're glad to have you. Thanks, Brandon. That, that bio makes me makes me sound a lot older than I feel, but I appreciate you it. Thanks look, for having look, me on. You look very young, Shaka. You look very young and dapper, um, better, better than I probably would have at that age. So before we get into your professional background, I always like to ask this. I think it's interesting. What do you like doing in your spare time? Like your spare time? Yeah, you know, in my spare time, I'm a I'm a longtime runner, so um, so I enjoy getting out. I, it just gives me some time to some time to think, um, stay active. Uh, you know, I've got three daughters, so it also gives me some time to have some quiet. Um, they are sweet girls, but you know, it's a lot of chatter in my house. I have uh, the same. Not the same thing. I'm one less than you. I've got two two little girls and a wife, so I'm outnumbered. Uh, that's what I get for spending a, a lifetime carousing with my buddies. Uh, when I go home, it's 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 all estrogen, and when I go to hang out, it's all testosterone. So I, <laughs> I I'm with you. I'm with you. We we say you know I'm the and you're the same thing with the the minority and the sorority. And that's good. I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal it. I will give you credit the first time, but that's it. Um, so talk a little bit more about your background um, and how did you get started in the school choice fight? Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's an people that have a passion for it um, are, are an odd group. I think more people have a passion for it now after we've we've watched COVID um, really bring to the fore. Um, I think the fact that our educational system isn't really isn't there to serve the kids and it's yeah. not there to serve the parents. It's there to serve the system and the employees of the government education uh, complex. So talk a little bit about how you got started in all that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and it's one of the reasons that um, education is so challenging to talk about because everybody has their own educational experience, right? It's not like, um, I mean, you know, other things say, uh, transportation policy or health policy, road building or whatever. It, not everybody, most people have never been an engineer, right? But nearly everybody has been to school. And so everybody's got an, an opinion about that. Um, my, my own educational experience, I actually grew up um, in, in New York, is where I went to elementary and middle school before we moved down to the Atlanta area. 
And the schools that we were zoned for were some of the lowest performing. They are still some of the lowest performing in the state uh, there in New York. So my parents did what a lot of parents who can do. Because um, school choice has always existed, right? It, it exists in one of two ways. And we took advantage of both of those. One way is you come out of pocket and you pay to go to a school that works better. So we paid, my parents both worked for the US Postal Service, you know, is good, like solid, steady jobs, but not rich by any, mm -hmm. any stretch. So they sacrificed, they came out of pocket and I and my siblings, we went to a, a local Catholic school. That's one form of school choice. The other form of school choice, which we also took part in is called the moving truck, U-Haul. Right. And we moved from New York and we moved down to uh, Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. And we moved to a neighborhood that had better public schools. And that's what those two forms of school choice have always, almost always existed. You can pay out of pocket for a private school or you try to find a place, a, a zip code with a better school. Yeah. Um, you pay for that in home value. And you pay for it in home value. And, you know, um, and in, in many other ways. But what about for everybody else who can't do that, right? And I really got interested in that. What about for the millions of kids, really, who don't have options like that? And you consider the amount of um, resources that we put into the public school system, and then you look at the return that we're getting, mm. and I think it, it's really hard to justify. Really. I agree. I agree. And I'm with you. I, you know, my, my background educationally was uh, I just went to – rural schools in Alabama. I graduated from Arab High School, pronounced Arab, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. spelled Arab. And, you know, my father had never been to school. He could not read or write. And uh, which is one thing that breaks my heart is these, these government job factories take these disadvantaged children, similar to me, where I grew up super poor. And they take 13 years of their life. And on the other end of that, they produce someone who can't read or write. Well, yeah. my dad didn't go to school and he couldn't read or write. We don't need you to keep them for 13 years for them I'm to be illiterate. Can. They're illiterate from day one. Uh, <laughs> we would, you don't have to go to school for 13 years to be illiterate. You're born illiterate. And so uh, I think it is a travesty and it is a moral abdication of the duty of our elected representatives to let that continue. So talk a little bit about AFC's role in Tennessee and, you know, how your organization advocates for improving the, the opportunities for children as it relates to education. Yeah, so we, we think about, um, I think about uh, what I call meaningful school choice, right? And to me, meaningful school choice or, or parent choice means that you have to have two things. You have to have um, a number of different types of schools. And so, you know, part of my own personal background and career has been working in uh, to help start some public charter schools. And, you know, my own kids go to uh, charter schools. So I'm not like a, I'm not a private school guy per se. It doesn't really matter to me what type of school, but the school should work for your kids and you should have a say in it. So you got to have a range of schools. And the second thing is cost should not be an option, right? Um, it shouldn't be a, a, a just for the wealthiest among us that have a chance to kind of realize the American dream. It's the dream for everybody. And when we're born, we are, if you're born in the United States, you should have a chance to make it, to do better than your parents did, right? It shouldn't be reserved just for people from certain neighborhoods and certain zip codes. So, you know, we really work to do a couple of things. 
we want to educate parents about what's happening maybe in other states and because we want we want parents who are most often voters to say hey how do we how do we bring that to our state you know why is it now that if you look at states surrounding uh, Tennessee that border Tennessee how come um, Alabama Mississippi Georgia North Carolina uh, Kentucky just passed but their their governor vetoed yesterday um, wow. a new choice bill but all those states have choice programs Florida Indiana we want we want parents saying hey why not why not us right if we were talking about football programs we'd look at those states and we'd say hey we want to beat those states how come we're satisfied losing when it comes to education and so we want to talk to parents we also want to talk to legislators and then and help legislators you know, craft legislation and pass good laws um, that will give parents more options. So that's that's really where we focus our efforts. And then, you know, finally, we want to educate eventually voters about what their legislators did, because there's a lot of shenanigans that happen in Nashville. Um, and I would say, despite the fact that we have a a representative body, I think it's I think it's a sometimes it's a little bit debatable as to whether or not, um, you know, all of our parents are being represented well. Well, and I agree. I've, I've, I've made, I've been in there where the sausage has, has been made. I worked on, you know, state, local, and federal campaigns as a professional and specifically on the fundraising side. Um, and I can read someone's donor list like, like a socket wood tea leaves. And I can take a look at that puppy. And I can take a look at four or five quarters of it, and I can just about tell you how you're going to vote. And mm -hmm. these people are, are remarkably lazy as it relates to gathering resources in their district. And so often they are put at odds with the people they represent for the folks that, that hand them the checks that keep them from having to do the hard work of raising money. And so there's a lot of conflict there. And a lot of people, you know, it, it's all about the kids. You know, I, I think we have learned this year, it ain't got jack squat to do with the kids. Um, and so there are a lot of different school choice vehicles out there. The, the probably the most commonly understood is vouchers, but we have an educational savings account program that is currently working its way through litigation. It is a shame that in the state of Tennessee, when people try to help children, it has to be litigated. And that, that is a failing. So talk a little bit about educational savings accounts, how they differ from other school choice options yeah. so people can be better informed. Yeah, the way, the way an education savings account, you know, an ESA, if you will, um, an ESA works is that, you know, every state, Tennessee among them, um, allocates certain money, appropriates and allocates certain money for each student to attend their neighborhood public school, right? Uh, in Tennessee, the amount spent per pupil on average is somewhere in the eleven dollars to $12,000 per pupil per year range. Um, that's, that's real money, you know, $11,000, $12,000 that'll spend. Um, you know, of that, without like boring all of your listeners, watchers with school finance, uh, you know, there's a local part, a state part, a federal part. Well, what the education savings account does in Tennessee anyway, is it takes the state portion and it puts it into an account, right? So instead of just blindly sending all this money to the zone school, even if you don't want your kid going to that local school, 
instead it goes into an, an account. In, in our case, it would go into an online account, very secure. And from that account, a parent can spend it. They can direct the money towards the education you know, provider that makes sense to them, right? So you can spend it, you'd spend it, the, the biggest chunk would likely go to a private school. And that can be a faith-based school. It can be a, you know, a, a, an all-boys school, an all-girls school, right? Elementary all the way up through high school. If there's money left over, you could spend that money on other educational, um, uh, you know, needs. So tutors at home, um, or what about test prep? Or, I mean, we're doing this, everybody now, how many of us as parents, I know I did, had to buy laptops for their little ones this year, mm. um, yeah. or, or maybe Kindles, other electronic things, right? You could use the money for that. Money that's left over can roll over. So it's actually a really powerful vehicle. Um, one of the amazing things, frankly, is that the money can roll over. You can use it for higher education eventually. You can use it for college credit. Um, so it's pretty flexible all the while. It's saving districts money. So, you know, if you are a fiscal conservative, and I am, um, I mentioned that we're spending about $11,000 per pupil on students. Well, the ESA is just the state portion. And that works out to be, you know, call it $7,300. Well, that gap, most of that gap stays with the county. Um, so you're actually saving money. You're giving parents what they actually want. Um, and you're serving students, right? Most, most important, because by the way, I would actually spend more money if, if students were better served. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Um, but we're doing, we're able to do all three. So the ESA, it's a, it's a really powerful vehicle. There's ESAs now in um, North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, um, Mississippi, I'm missing a few, but it, and Tennessee actually has one for students with special needs. So this should not be controversial. It shouldn't be. And I love anything that puts, when consumers are empowered and make decisions directly with limited resources, they make better decisions than the government ever will. It is rare. You would have to show me the type of parent that would spend $7,300 for 13 years and fail to teach their kids to read and write. I think you would just about wipe out the illiteracy problem that we have, which is a shame. 13 yeah. years. Kids, yeah. and I, I taught at Miller and Mott Technical School uh, here locally for a short period of time after I got my MBA, which is a waste of time and money. Um, if, if you're a small business owner, people reading you books about things they've never done, I can read just fine. Um, but at any rate, I didn't know that I was too young. But I think they couldn't. I mean, they've been in the school system 13 years, could not write an, a sentence to mm -hmm. like a beginning sentence, three supporting paragraphs and a concluding sentence that were not even grammatically perfect, but readable, like punctuation where it should be. And people argue that, you know, parents would make bad decisions. Well, how much worse could they possibly make them? I mean, let's let's give it. We know that this thing doesn't work. That's, That's the right. only thing we figured out. 40 years, we, we figured out just like Edison and the light bulb. We know this doesn't work. That's so right. let's try something different. Um, before we ask our next question, uh, if you like what we do here at the Tennessee Conservative News, you just walked into a commercial shop. If you would go to subscribe to our newsletter, tennesseeconservativenews.com, uh, you can 
get on our e-newsletter. We send it out every day around 1130 or 12. And we also send out some text action alerts. And follow us on Facebook or other social media channels. And if you support us for any amount, we will send you, drumroll please, two proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers and a directory of all of your state and local officials. So the next time they try to keep school choice out of Hamilton County and you catch wind of it, you can call them and complain so that they know that you are paying attention. And if you get $50 or more, oh, shaka, you get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. Liquids drank from this make you more virile, smart, uh, <laughs> strong. Uh, it's yet to make the hair on the back of my head grow in or make me tall, but I'm hoping. I'm drinking a lot of liquid out of this. There's still time. Yeah. There's still time. So TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support or hit that red support button. We need your money because that's what runs this thing. Back to Shaka. The Educational Savings Account Program is currently in litigation. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, um, where it stands, you know, who's arguing to stop it? What are the yeah. chances of it, of it making through the, the yeah. court? Yeah, so, so uh, the ESA passed um, the legislature in 2019, okay, um, and uh, passed in 2019, governor signed it in, in I think, the end of May, um, maybe early June, I forget now. Um, and then months go by, months go by, we start advertising, we're talking to parents, talking to parents, schools are getting signed up. I think something like 60 schools signed up to participate. Um, we're, parents are registering. And then all of a sudden, a lawsuit is filed. And it's filed by the uh, city of Nashville and, um, and by Shelby County also. So that's Memphis. Wow. And so keep in mind, so for instance, what that means in Nashville, because the name party, right, that's, um, that's Mayor Cooper, uh, John Cooper. That guy is an absolute disgrace to leadership. What he has done to that city and industry and people there, I hope they run Porky Pig out on a rail at some point. He looks just like Porky Pig, at least physically. And well, I hope that they get rid of him because he has done a it's just been an, an abject embarrassment to leadership. Raise people's property taxes 34% when people are unemployed and struggling, meanwhile, not allowing them to open their businesses to generate the revenue necessary to pay the property taxes. Shocker, continue on. Yeah, so, well, listen, he didn't, he didn't win himself any uh, fans with the lawsuit against the ESA because this is a city challenging a new law that would allow um, up to eventually 15,000 kids uh, lower income, right? So lower, it, it's, it's based on family household income. This would allow up to 15,000 students to participate in an ESA as we just described. Um, you know, Nashville has got a massive education, public education problem. And, and here's the, here's the um, irony of it all. Where does he send his kids? Private school, baby. Indeed. And th that had been open the whole time in the pandemic year. Um, meanwhile, kids are, uh, you know, you got 80,000, 80, 85,000 kids who have been uh, remote for 11 out of the last 12 months. And it, it's just been a travesty. So all to say, he didn't win himself any, any friends there. But, but their legal theory is that based on our state constitution, the Tennessee constitution, 
because this has already been found to be constitutional by the U.S. Supreme Court, ESAs are, no problem there. But they, what they said is that because um, the ESA deals with just supporting students in Memphis and Nashville, they say that that runs afoul of our state constitution because the state constitution um, says that you can't have a, a law that um, targets, and here's a language, a particular county. Well, I mean, I don't know how you use the word or the phrase a particular, but a particular means one means one. Um, yeah, that's a particular. If I'm talking to a particular child of mine, there's one, it's me and one child in the room, right? It could be they now, you never know. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, generally speaking, when it was written, if you were to interpret it as it, as it was then, so what do you think the chances are, Shaka? Well, we, we always knew that this would end up in the courts, right? Because that's what the opponents do. They're going to try to pull out, you know, all the tricks that they can, um, because because for them, this is about money and power. And for us, our focus has always been on kids and parents, right? And that's why we do what we do. I mean, the adults in the room can advocate for themselves, but who's gonna, who's actually speaking for, you know, students who, like you said, are, are getting a diploma from a high school and they can barely read the words on the diploma, right? Who, who speaks for those kids? And so to us, it's about giving kids chances to succeed, to, to I mean, to realize their God-given dignity. Um, for the other side, this is about money. Um, this is about maintaining a school board's kind of power and status quo. So we always knew it would, it would get litigated. We It was in front of a, a chancellor here in Nashville, uh, Chancellor Ann Martin. She ruled against it. That was not really a big surprise. And then the same thing at the appellate court. This is now going to the Tennessee Supreme Court. They have uh, uh, um, agreed to hear the case, which is a really encouraging, encouraging sign. Um, because if they had strictly agreed with the lower courts, they could have just not heard it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we feel pretty encouraged that they're gonna, that, that they will do what's in the best interest of, of kids. And, and by the way, when we're talking about Nashville and Memphis, it's easy to say it and go like, oh, well, that's only two cities out of how many in the, in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, but that's 20% of our kids live in just those two cities. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna try a pilot program this is where you go, right? And these are also two cities with the highest concentration of low-performing public schools. Mm. So like, this is exactly where you go. I mean, I, I truly believe we need parent choice everywhere, but if I was trying to get a, get like a test case, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it in Lake County. You know, there's not enough, there's, that's not where the action is. No, yeah. no offense to folks in, in Lake County. I would go to Shelby County. I would go to Davidson County. So well, and it, it bothered, I don't see how adults who want to keep children mired in educational poverty, I don't see how they sleep at night. I really don't. That is a moral failing. And I don't, to, to, to morally fail for political purposes to me is, is, is a bad thing. So a few counties got left out of the educational savings account program. Hamilton County, where I live, is one of them. How did that happen and who was behind it? Well, yeah, you talk about the sausage getting made, so I'll, I'll touch on that, but, but real quick, I mean, I want to say 
you talk about like the failure of the people who are against this. The, the crazy thing is in the litigation um, and it, with this program, the law is not even asking the county to do anything, right? It's, I mean, think, think about this for a second. Basically, an ESA is saying, no, 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 you don't have to do anything. School district, please, in fact, please don't. Don't do anything. Don't do and any more And they're harm. still getting the local and, and federal money, aren't they? They get the local share. The federal would stay with the Fed, but they get the local share still. And there's even a, like a hold harmless for three years. So it's dollar for dollar replaced for three years. And we're, we're basically saying, hey, we're going to, things are so bad, we're going to pay you to do nothing so that kids can have a chance at success in another school. Like, that's just, that's pretty mind-blowing. Well, what they're afraid of, and you know what it is, bud. I mean, everybody does. You, you work at a school system that's failing. You shovel, kid, you shuffle kids through, through classes without giving them any life skills or academic skills, and they are afraid. As soon as 15, 20 kids and their parents get the CSA money, they're going to talk to everyone else and say, I tell you, it's so much better. I'm so glad we're out of this school. And they're afraid that there's going to be a, an exodus of, of children out of these failing schools. And there should and should be. Uh, we send our child to a uh, private Christian school that we drive 30 minutes to and 30 minutes back. We're building a, a house and we're going to the best school district in, um, in our county. However, we're still we're still sending them to private schools, even though we're up yeah. there. And, yeah. uh, and it's, it's a shame where I live. I live in a very urban area. I've lived about 14 years, four houses off of Brainerd Road, which is, that's, an, that's the urban experience, buddy. It's like every five minutes, a siren goes down the road. And, uh, and you know, they're, you know it's, just, it's just a rough area of town. And we can't send our kids, or my, my two little daughters, to the, to the school that's there uh, in good conscience. I don't think a single kid in our school district passed the ACT hmm. uh, and, and to the level which would, would allow them to enter college. Um, and and that's, that's the type of failing record that they have. So how did, how did you know, have any idea how Hamilton County got left out of it? Well, I'll tell you, yeah, we, we sorry, uh, I went off on a different tangent, but that's yeah, the, the, the sausage gets made, right? And so... If I have my druthers, you know, I want, I want this program eventually to cover um, every child in the state, right? Um, we know that's not where, that's not how legislation tends to start. You know, you tend to, tend to start small and we're going we're gonna, to um, eat, eat, eat this like an elephant, you know, just one bite at a time. Um, when it was going through all the different changes, I mean, it started out with, you know, lots of different counties and um, there's a, I don't know if you've seen the, the, uh, the musical, um, the, the Hamilton musical, but there's a, a song in it called The Room Where It Happened, you know, and you want to be in the room where it happened. Well, I want I wish I had been in the room where it happened because all of a sudden, you know, it's coming down to those last I don't know, 72 hours before the, the vote. And it was just going through lots of changes. And so um, unfortunately, a couple of places came out. Hamilton County, Knox County, um, Jackson. A lot of people don't, don't realize, but uh, Jackson, which is um, Jackson, Madison County, mm -hmm. um, some of the lowest performing public schools in the state. I mean, you're, you're talking about school a school district where one in five one in six kids can read on grade level that's it um wow. just really abysmal so you know i think at the end of the day 
you had, it, it, it's hard to get in the mind. I don't think there's one mindset for the entire legislature, right? I think you had some legislators who said, hey, let's just go with these, the biggest districts, you know, and make that be a test case. I think you had some who probably had some of their local school board in their ear. And, um, and you know, there's this, the, there's- yeah, The thing about it is for Hamilton County, these are Republicans. And I think, you know, yeah. the, the people that are representatives for the Senate and for the, for the House here, I mean, they should be ashamed, ashamed to well, stop that. And I, and I think it's, a, I think there's so much um, inertia, you know, from the current system. I mean, the, the people have, you find this, I don't know what your experience has been, but the, you know, the, the older we get and the farther away from school we are, the better we think that experience was. The more, you know, it's just nostalgia. Mm -hmm. But the reality is um, a lot of schools have been struggling for a long time. Even, even schools, people think, oh, well, I represent a suburban district. Schools are fine. Are they, are they really fine? Um, maybe, maybe not so much. And I think that there's just a lot of members, um, particularly, you know, not all of them, but some who have been in the legislature for a very long, long time that they're not as attuned. And I put some of this on us because we got to do a better job of educating them, but they're not paying attention to the data from other states. There's somebody actually from the Hamilton County area who is, um, who was a new member, um, and, I was really impressed because he came, he visited a school, a private school, heard from different people. It was a guy named uh, Mark Hall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was somebody, he had only been in the, in that seat for a hot minute and, and he supported the ESA. I think he's, he could, he could catch the vision, you know? Well, it's and not going to catch the vision. I mean, you just have to be dense. I mean, <laughs> not catch the damn vision. I mean, are, are you an idiot? I mean, you have to be a, a full-fledged, child-hating moron to think that it is somehow going to improve in these school districts. We've been shoveling money into these bottomless pits of despair for 50 years. And every year they come, oh, it's going to be better. We got this new initiative. Like, for example, our superintendent here, he's, you know what his solution to low, low reading scores and math scores is, Shaka? They just did a press release on it. You're going to be excited about this. It's going to fix right. it up. You ready? Yeah, ready? yeah podcast podcast they're gonna do a podcast where they i don't i don't i don't talk about the failures or talk about maybe talk parents, about reading <laughs> maybe talk about reading maybe hear from parents that are mad that their kids can't read like, that's gonna fix it buddy that's yeah. every time there's some kind of every time there's some huge catastrophe that, that comes to light there's some new initiative that they're going to put some kind of layer of bureaucracy bullcrap on it and nothing ever happens or changes moving right along well, I, I, can I just say too yeah. on that point, the um, if you want to talk about why I, why I hope our state and maybe our country is kind of at an inflection point on this is because the pandemic, I mean, nobody, nobody knew this pandemic was happening, right? In some ways, Tennessee, we were ahead of the curve because we were doing something that frankly would have been, would have served us so well during COVID. Because you sure think would. about, I mean, all of the kids who have, you know, not had access to in-person learning. And, you know, I know everybody now is like a, is like a pocket epidemiologist, right? So I'm, um, but you have not seen widespread outbreaks in private schools and private schools have by and large been open since day one. 
They've been creative. Maybe they're doing lessons outside. I bet your private school where your kids go, I bet they're taking precautions. But listen, if there had been some kind of zombie apocalypse at a private school, we would have heard about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been terrible. Tried, I'm sure somebody, some teachers union want to pass a bill to shut them all down because um, God knows they, they would not thrive in the competition um, that, that hopefully is coming down the pike. So you talked about the, that Tennessee also has individualized education account programs. Uh, what is an IEA? It's a little bit different. How does it work? And, and, you know, I think there's some kind of open enrollment program right now. How does, how, how does somebody go about figuring out if they might qualify for that? Yeah, thanks for asking about that. So the, the IEA program, it's, a, it's an education savings account. So it's still, so all the different ways that I talked about how, how money can be spent with the ESA, same thing for this program, but eligibility, instead of being based on income, eligibility is based on, um, is based on special needs, right? And so if you've got some special needs then, um, or, or certain diagnoses or student does, then that's how you qualify. So a student who is um, autistic, a student who uh, has got, you know, um, hearing impaired or vision impaired, th there's a whole list of things. And you can get that, that state share of dollars. So, I mean, I think, I think it goes as high, almost $8,000. It depends on the district you live in. And you can use that for a private school. And so um, there's no geographic restrictions on that. So if you've got, if you've got you know, listeners who are in any county, um, you basically just have to go apply for it. There's a state website where and this, this is going to stun stun you, but the application process is actually not that difficult. It's pretty easy. Um, and then you can find a school that participates and, and you can go. And that's available to any any family uh, in the state. Do you know what the URL on that puppy is, Shaka? Ooh, I don't, but I bet we can send it over to you. I'm sorry that I don't know offhand, but. Uh, that's uh, I hope you lose sleep tonight. Um, <laughs> all right. So the thing, one thing always has rubbed me the wrong way about how, and I understand, I understand why they stick camel's nose under the tent. They try to, who wants to vote for a bill that keeps some child that has a, has a disadvantage from getting access to, to schools that are a better, a better match, okay? That's easier to get through committees, right? You don't want to be on the record voting against that. But at the same time, there are normal kids. There are average kids. There are above average kids. And, they're, and, and to think that, oh, it's okay if you're disadvantaged to have some school choice, but if you're just running the mill, we'll screw you. Yeah. And, and the horse you rode in on. And it's just terrible. It is a very... Um, we talk about equity and we talk about justice all the time. It doesn't seem very equitable or just to, to, to pick winners and losers in the education lottery. Uh, so AFC in Tennessee unveiled a documentary a couple of months ago that talked, you know, can you talk a little bit about that, how it came about and yeah. you know, where, where people can see it and, and what you hope to accomplish with it? Sure. Uh, so we, we had been thinking, like everybody else, um, during this pandemic time about boy, what, what's it going to look like after this? What's education in particular going to look like? And um, we started talking to parents as we do. I mean, we still get emails and calls from parents asking about the ESA program, right? I mean, especially, you might imagine, as their kids have been sitting at home staring at a, at a Chromebook for six hours a day, floundering, perhaps, no social interaction, um, Maybe mom and dad have to go, have to leave and go to work. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been really disappointing. Well, disappointing is an understatement. 
I run a small business where I coach painting contractors all over the United States of America. I've got about a, I've worked with 450 in six different countries and uh, tradespeople. And we have an annual event. And so I have to have a lot of people come in that I pay to, to put mail together and things. And, and out in my front lobby here in my office, um, it, broke, it broke my heart. I mean, there's like seven people in there helping me get mail together. Two young ladies have had to quit their jobs because school wasn't in session because they, they their kids weren't learning anything with, and they, they had nobody to watch the kids. We'd be in the same situation if, if my wife did not stay at home. I had two friends that, which is unrelated to school choice, but who homeschool their children that are musicians and their entire livelihood was wiped out. Yeah. And I mean, that was like the whole room was full of people that had yeah. been made unemployed by the incompetence of our governor and the incompetence of our legislature and the incompetence of these school boards. And they're supposed to just shake it off. And uh, it, it has just been shameful. The, yeah. the leadership has been shameful. Everybody can make a bad decision. Going along with one doesn't make you a good leader. It just makes you as bad as everybody else. And saying, I suck less, is, is you know, that's what they, they've been pitching. We suck less in Tennessee. We suck less. We could have we sucked more. Well, fantastic. I like things that suck less. That's usually when I go out and look for leadership, I want to find somebody sucks a little less. But at any rate, um, the, the, the whole educational hardship that was placed on families, I mean, if that doesn't highlight uh, the fact that they don't care about taxpayers, I don't know what does. Well, and it, that's exactly right. I mean, you hear these stories that are heartbreaking, right? Because it's, it's parents who are families who are making the best decisions that they can. Um, I mean, all the while, we are, we're still paying for the, the public school system, right? And in fact, um, so Tennessee, by the time it's all said and done, this year, Tennessee will, will receive about $3.8 billion from the federal government just for education, okay? $3.8 billion um, just for education. And so we start asking the question, well, so what's it gonna look like after, after this is all said and done? And so a phrase it kept, that we kept hearing was people said, well, I don't know what it's gonna look like to get back to normal. And then we said, what if, I mean, one of the parents in the documentary put this really well. She said, what if normal wasn't really working in the first place? And we said, that's it. Um, said, yeah, we, maybe it's not so important to get back to normal. We wanna go better than what normal was. And so that's what the, the little film, it's a, you know less than 15 minutes, um, it's called Better Than Normal. And it's trying to, trying to give parents some voice. Because again, teachers, and I respect teachers a lot, don't hear me say that I don't, but teachers have a representative. Teachers have union leaders, right? Um, in, in most cases, they have school board uh, leaders who are you know double dipping, um, but, but what about parents and what about kids? And so we wanted to give we wanted to give parents the voice because frankly, parents parents are the first teacher, and two, that's who's been doing it this year. Um, so if anybody's going to deserve to speak in education this year, it's parents. And so you can um, go to betterthannormaleducation.com and see that betterthannormaleducation.com and you know check it out. And you can there's a, a website that's right there uh, or a form that allows you to email your legislator. Right, because we think there's certain things that are important. So, for instance, I won't bore you with it, but why doesn't funding 
follow students. It should just like just just like you know it's the same it's the same issue with healthcare, um, education, anything like that. You don't want the government to to take taxpayer dollars for anything that you are going to consume as a citizen if you can help it because yeah. they screw it all up. I mean, they yeah. you know, there's the Midas touch, then there's the the feces touch, which the government has the, the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything they touch turns to garbage. And the, the, the less of, the, of them that you can have, especially when it comes, now if they're gonna pave a road or, or try to lose money sticking pieces of paper in boxes as the post office does or whatever, because God knows that's complicated. You know, UPS and FedEx are raking it in and the USPS is going broke, of course. I mean, they can't even run the Senate cafeteria without going over budget every year. Uh, I mean, it's, they're feeding 50 people for the love of God. And uh, so they just can't do anything very well. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story, Shaka. I worked uh, as for about three months as a federal employee when Desjardins, Congressman Desjardins was his district director. And I set up a little, um, I set up our campaign office in a building in two days, everything, two days, the computers, internet, furniture, bought it all, two days, running the campaign. Tried to move that office across the hall for the federal office and move some furniture. Two months later, no internet, no computers. They can't find our furniture. I'm calling D.C. Nobody knows where anything is. And this is for the congressman. So if you think that the government's going to do a good job for your kids when they won't do a good job for the congressman, you are uh, you're you're joking. So what else is the AFC working on in Tennessee this year that we need to be aware of, buddy? Yeah, so you know we're we will <clears throat> continue to to monitor this um, this lawsuit, right? I mean, because that's going to be big. I mean, I really I don't want to I don't want to short sell that. If we get and and we expect a favorable outcome from the Tennessee Supreme Court, that'll probably happen summertime. I mean, we need to be off to the races, right? And and I mean that in two ways. One is we need to be uh, talking to families in Nashville and Memphis and saying, hey, there's opportunities. We, we already know that there are schools that have empty seats that are, are ready to participate, but we wanna get you know, kids in these programs. Let's do what we can now. I mean, you think about all the learning loss that just occurred. Well, let's, let's get kids in schools that are gonna actually work better for them. And that's one thing. The second thing is we need to go back to the legislature and say, hey, we don't, we're not going to let another generation slip away um, while we figure out how to spend this, you know, $3.8 billion. Let's move now, move with some urgency. Let's expand this thing statewide uh, and keep our, keep, keep the, our foot on the accelerator. Um, and, and we've got to do what we can for more kids because it's, like you said, it's not, it's not only students with exceptional needs that need choice. It's not only students who are, you know, from the lowest income kind of tier that need choice. Parents with kids need choice. I've got, I mentioned, I've got three daughters. Guess what? They all kind of look the same. You know, that's, that's what happens when, you know, genes, genes do what they do. They are not the same. They learn differently. They have got different personalities. And we have, we've seen that in ways that that we never would have gotten this insight because we've been frankly sitting with them now at school for the past you know, year. Um, all kids, all families deserve to have some options and to have better control and more control over um, the, the destiny of their kids. So that's what we're gonna keep pushing. We're gonna keep pushing well, and you know, I, leaders. I think, I think a great campaign 
would be to get people in these inner city schools, especially uh, together and uh, for for meetings and for town halls. And every time somebody walks in the door, you hand them a $7,300 check. Yes. Everybody walks in and you say, this could be yours. Let me tell you how, who you need to contact, what you need to do. Mm -hmm. if you need to go door to door, whatever it is, because what it is, is they have sold, they've sold the least privileged people and, and folks that grew up like I did. You know, we, we didn't have carpet on the floor. We had no air conditioning, old red well water, wood burning stove in the basement. I mean, we were, we, we were trailer park poor. And you can take you take the boy out of the trailer, but you can't take the trailer out of the boy. And uh, and and I've watched these kids go through all this, and it, it breaks my heart. Um, if somebody wanted to find out what's going on with your organization, if they wanted to get on your your email alert system, or if they want to contact their legislature, uh, legislator, pardon me, what would be the best way to do that, Bud? Yeah, thank you. Um, best way to do that. Our website is schoolchoicetn.com. Schoolchoicetn.com schoolchoicetn.com. Guys, if, if you have a modicum of interest in, in school choice in Tennessee, whether you have kids, grandkids, or, or you just think that would have a better workforce and a better culture if that money followed the student, if you would go there, sign up. Uh, you, I'm sure that he's going to ask you to do some things. And when he does, when things are in subcommittee or committee and you need to reach out to your legislators, make sure that you do that. Um, it has been an honor having you here, Shaka. I appreciate you very much. You have an advocate. Here's our Subscriber base continues to grow. If there's something we need to know about, put us on your press release list. If you want to come back and, and talk to our, our uh, readers again, I'd be happy to have you. I, I really appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely. No, I really appreciate um, appreciate you having having me on. And, you know, I hope that, that even if this is a new concept to some of your viewers and, and listeners, um, we think it's important that even if you don't feel like um, hey, this would benefit my family. Okay, great. Like if, if you're at a, if you know a kid who's at a public school that's working well for them, fantastic. Like go and give thanks. Um, but don't get in the way of other people having an opportunity and, and being able to realize the American dream. Um, and so we think this is a, a something that frankly should be, um, you know, appreciated in all parts of the state. Really appreciate you, Brandon, for you know, having, having me on and telling a little bit of the AFC story. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys. If you, if you're for school choice, do go to, uh, to that website and Jason will throw it up on the screen here when we go into post-production. I'm Brandon Lewis with TennesseeConservativeNews.com. If you enjoy what we do here, do sign up and subscribe at that website and also click that red support button uh, and we'll send you some goodies. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News signing off. Thank you.